time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Welcome back to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley. And I want to tell you that, um, you know, there's lots of goodies on my website, jeffkinley.com. I'd love to connect with you on Twitter. Just look me up, Jeff Kinley. Facebook, Jeff Kinley, author, speaker. And, um, you know, I'm on Instagram too, my goofy pictures. But anyway, we're talking about this idea of God's wrath on America and the road to abandonment is the title in my new book, The End of America, question mark, Bible prophecy in a country in crisis. And we are a country in crisis. And we're really just outlining straight out of the Bible. In fact, I, I call Romans 1 the Twitter feed of America, just right into uh, the scripture there. You can see it right there. It's what's happening. Really an apt description of our culture. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time recapping, but just real quickly, 30 seconds. We saw in verse 18 through 23 how when you suppress the truth about God that you naturally know that God has revealed to us, the Bible says you're without excuse, your heart gets darkened, then you all of a sudden think you're smarter than God. God calls you a fool and you start inventing other kinds of things to worship. And out of that comes a sexual revolution, a homosexual revolution, which we talked about last time. And I just want to say something really quick before we move on to this final section in Romans chapter one, is that God loves homosexual people more than you can possibly imagine. And I have known and have had dear dear friends who have been homosexuals, lesbians, who have struggled with that, just like people struggle with any other sin in their life. It's a thing, you know, and some of them, hey, are quote unquote delivered from it. You know, it's like the alcoholic that never takes another drink and he goes, I don't even want it anymore. And then there are other alcoholics that go every day, man, every day. I got to make a choice. And that's the way it is with sexual sin and with homosexuality. So God loves homosexuals. God does not hate them. Christians do not hate homosexuals. That's you talk about fake news. That's probably the biggest fake news that the devil himself has broadcast to the spirit of this age is that Christians hate homosexuals. Don't hate them. Just telling you what the Bible says. It's unnatural and it brings judgment. But there's a final judgment in Romans chapter one. And Paul tells us three times he uses the phrase, God gave them over, God gave them over, God gave them over. It's the same Greek word, paradidomai, and it's a judicial judgment of abandonment by Almighty God on a civilization, on a people group. And it means to allow us to be arrested, to be put into shackles, to be imprisoned, to be incarcerated by our own desires First sexual, then homosexual as a culture. And then in this third category in Romans 128 through 32, which is what we're going to focus in on today. He says, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, once again, God gave them over, third time now, to a depraved mind, to a depraved mind. And it says to do those things which are not proper. So, well, what does that look like? Well, we have a sexual revolution, a homosexual revolution, now just a full 
all blown out sin revolution, right? A depraved mind is the third judgment. Now, what does it mean to have a depraved mind? Well, the word depraved comes from a Greek word that means to fail the test, to fail the test. It was a word used to describe metals that were rejected because of impurity. So a depraved mind is a spiritually diseased mind. It's the final stages of spiritual brain cancer, okay? It's impure. It's decayed. And because it's decayed, because of its depravity, because of the the sinful tumors in that spiritual brain, it no longer functions properly. That's, That's why... People who reject God don't live moral lives as God defines it. Not to say they can't be moral. Atheists can be moral people. Atheists can feed the hungry. Atheists can fly down to Houston and help people during the recent flood. Atheists can do all those things. Not that they can't be moral people. But because their mind is depraved, they're they're geared to not submit to God. And so it's a mind that is easily deceived by the lies of today, the lies about God, the lies about humanity, humanity's origin, the lies about the Bible, lies about sexuality, gender. It's easily deceived. It embraces lies without hesitation, and it loves the things that grieves the heart of God. So it's a spiritual decadence that becomes a black hole. And this is the final stage when God gives over a nation, when his abandonment wrath is resting on a nation. This is the final stage here. And this is what it looks like. Paul says, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance or the law of God, the standard of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same things, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. You say, what, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, it means that when sin reaches its final stage, it's just, you just do what what you want to do. You know, you become your own God in in this stage. It's Satan's end game, okay? Satan's end game was to overthrow the throne of God, which he failed miserably. And he was cast down the earth. But the lie of Satan is to try to get you to be your own God. And that's kind of a natural thing, you know, to serve yourself. But, hey, to exalt yourself to the point where you just follow your own heart. You know, I just followed my own heart, and that's how I made that decision. Why would you want to do that? Why would you ever want to follow your own heart? Unless your heart has been changed by Jesus Christ. If you follow your own heart, it's just like, blindfolding yourself and expecting to cross the highway. That's just not a good idea. You're going to make a bad decision if you follow your own heart. I love I love when people say this. I love when people say, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I just felt a peace. I felt a peace. 
Well, no doubt you did feel a peace, but whose peace? Where did the peace come from? You just feel comforted about making a certain decision? Or did you allow God to direct you? Sometimes I'll make decisions in my spiritual life. I have no peace about them. Zero. You know why? Because they're uncomfortable decisions to make. Moving forward or making a decision about what to do here or there or in a relationship. And it's not peaceful at all to follow God sometimes. So this whole thing of I just had a peace, you know, it's like, no, you're really following your own heart. So at the end of this, excuse me, this sinful revolution, it's no longer for, you know, good enough for people to just sin in secret. They want the whole world to know about their sin. In fact, we won't go into this. I have a a chapter in the book, The End of America, called America's Holocaust. And it's a chapter on abortion. And one of the things I mentioned in this chapter is that in 2015, the hashtag shout your abortion went viral. And thousands of women were shouting their abortions. I don't even have words to describe that. What kind of civilization has women, the very people who are tasked with protecting the unborn inside the safest place on planet Earth, which is the female womb, that they want to not only invade that safe space, there's your safe space, but they want to have a a hired assassin who's been given a license to kill by our government to go in and to brutally dismember and slaughter and burn up inside a woman's body an innocent baby. And then after that's done, you're supposed to brag about it to the world? That's a society where hell is in charge. That's a civilization where Satan is ruling. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.4 says that Satan is the God of this world. Ephesians 2 says he is the prince of the power of the air. He's controlling the thought in all of these people's hearts who have suppressed the truth about God and followed their own desires. And I'm thinking... Wow, if, if we even existed another hundred years and we look back on society the way it is today, we see that from 1973 to 2011, we brutally butchered 53 million babies. 53 million babies in America. 56 million die every year across the world. You see, God can't. He can't let a country continue who does that to to innocent children. That's America's Holocaust. And so what he says at the end of verse 32 is that we are not only sinning and rejecting God, we have come way out of the closet and we are bragging and boasting and celebrating our sin before God. We are giving God the eternal finger into his face. We're shaking our fists into the face of God. We're telling God, we don't want you. 
get out of our lives. We want to sleep with whoever we want to sleep with. We want to have homosexual rights. We want to marry each other, pretend that's real marriage. And we want to slaughter and butcher our kids if we want to. And you know what? Ironically, if there is no God, all of that makes sense. Because if there's no divine moral law that says something is right or or wrong, if there's no creator to tell us these things, hey, it's just whatever I want. If you want to torture small children, that's not immoral if there's no God. Just do whatever you want to. There's no, who are you to tell me what I'm doing is wrong, right? You're not God. You have to be God to do that. So we become our own gods. And so America... We're, we're not only allowing a lot of this sin to take place, we're funding a lot of it. We're passing laws to protect the rights of people to commit sodomy with one another. And then we're actually celebrating it. Our previous president, Barack Obama, lit the White House as in a gay flag when this happened in 2015 saw pictures of him dancing in the Oval Office, jumping up and down. What kind of man does that? I'll tell you what kind of man, a depraved man, a person that sin has rotted the brain, morally speaking, of a person like that. It's not just him, it's a whole country of people. That's where we are. So you say, what are the implications of this divine abandonment? Because, you know, it's kind of like this. You look around and go, I don't see America collapsing around me. I, you know, grocery store was open yesterday. Everything seemed to be fine. The lights work, you know. Drove down the street. Stopped lights are okay. I see people walk around just fine. Yeah, that's right. How sad is it that a whole country doesn't realize that God has abandoned them as a country? When I mean abandoned, I don't mean he doesn't exist anymore. He's not here but he's simply given us what we have begged for, what we have fought for, what we have demanded, and that is the right to rule our own lives. And God says, I'm going to give it to you, but you're not going to like the consequences. And here we are with a nation of God rejectors where less than 50% of Americans even attend any kind of church on Sunday. More and more people are identifying as excuse me, agnostics and atheists. Recently, there was a poll done among people who claim to be spiritually minded Christians, okay, church attenders, said list the top 10 reasons or the top 10 things that contribute to the growth of your faith. Did you know that church did not even make it into the top 10? And that's a damning indictment on the ineffectiveness of our churches today. That we're simply showing up in these crowdfunding events, making people feel good, giving them a little sermonette to help them along their way with their life. And we're not teaching the full counsel of God. We're not opening the book and saying, now, verse 3, and telling them, what God says, the way God wrote it. But that's just the church. So, yeah, God's never going to abandon his children. 
He promises, I will never leave you, ever, never forsake you. But he does not make that same promise to Gentile nations. Nowhere in the Bible does he tell us he's going to stay with us as a country. So these compelling truths from Romans 1 are, are like tornado sirens. They're, they're like fire alarms. And they've been sounding for decades. But Christians have just been so wrapped up in their own little Christian cocoons, their own little social networks and circles that they've been too busy to really notice that much. So you say, well, what should we do? Should we be alarmed by this? Should, should we freak out? No, we shouldn't be alarmed, but we should be awakened. And actually, to be honest, to be very grateful that these truths are coming to light. And they're hard truths, you know. So, well, has God even spoken to America? Yeah, he's spoken to America. He's spoken to America through the same methods he's spoken to every other Gentile nation on planet Earth. He's spoken through creation, through our conscience, through Scripture, through his son's life, death, and resurrection. He's spoken through his ambassadors, through pastors who are not afraid to preach the truth. He's spoken through spiritual leaders, through speakers and authors, disciples, and he's spoken through Christians like you. Through all these instruments, America has been told how she can be rescued and redeemed and saved. And what's happening to America is happening all over the world, but we've come a long way, baby, from our roots. So how do we respond real quickly? And, and by the way, the next podcast, we're going to talk about a time to rise up as Christians. We're going to talk about what that means. But let me just say this, in response to this revolutionary, sinful revolution that's been going on, here's what we should do. We can deny that America's spiritually in a downfall. Instead, we can claim that we're actually getting better. You know, America's becoming great again. That's just not true. We can downgrade God's wrath, saying, well, he's not pleased with us, but he's still on our side as, as Americans. We can simply say that Paul was overreacting to his own culture. We shouldn't pay any attention to them. We could claim that divine abandonment just means that, oh, God's going to get everybody into heaven one day, right? He's not going to really do this forever. He's, he's going to let everybody in. It'll all be okay. Or we could simply admit the truth that our country, our great country, God bless America, right? That we qualify for abandonment wrath. That we are a post-Christian nation. That's where we're living right now. And we're not as wicked as we can be. <laughs> no, because I believe after the rapture, it's going to be exponentially worse. It will be incrementally worse during your lifetime. But exponentially exponentially worse after the rapture. So we're not as wicked as we can be. We're under judgment and we're headed for more judgment. So can our nation be spared? Or is it all over? I mean, what's God going to do with us, right? I fear that our country has crossed a threshold. I don't see a day when Roe v. Wade and abortion is going to be overturned. I don't see a day when homosexual marriage is going to be outlawed and I don't see a day when we're going to return to a pursuit of God as a country in terms of it being the majority view. 
Someone said, asked me the other day, said, Jeff, can America be saved? This is what I said to him. I said, I am not sure that America can be saved, but I am quite certain that Americans can be saved. And I want to talk more about that in the next podcast episode. I hope you'll join me. It's God's vintage truth. And these are tough truths, right? This is where we are. But in the midst of that, in the midst of that, there's an incredible light that burns. You know, when I was on Fox and Friends talking about, as it was in the days of Noah, the last question asked to me by Elizabeth Hasselbeck, she said, Jeff, to be clear, is there any hope? And this is what I said to her. I said, Elizabeth, there is nothing but hope for the person who puts their trust in Jesus Christ because he is the ark. Look to him, get on the boat, and you'll be saved. Hey, there's more to come next time. We'll finish up this series on the end of America. I'll see you next time. Hey, this is Jeff Kinley. I hope you're enjoying these Vintage Truth podcasts. It's really a joy for me to bring them to you. And there's a lot that goes into producing and making these podcasts available. And there's a very cool site called Patreon. And I'd like you to check out the link on my website because there you can be a patron of this podcast and a patron of my ministry. You can help me as I produce these programs by supporting our ministry, even a dollar a month, a dollar a month. And you get to decide what that is. Doesn't matter how small, but if enough people come together, we can fund this whole thing and support me as I do these podcasts for you guys. So I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're getting great value out of it. I've got some amazing, incredible series planned for the future. And so let's keep digging in scripture, but it's called Patreon. Patreon.com. Just go there and type in main thing ministries. Keep the main thing, the main thing, main thing ministries. You can find out more information, got some videos and some things there for you. Thanks a lot.